0: Hello and welcome to the Diary of an Age Grouper podcast. My name is Jamie Edwards and I'm a full-time professional endurance coach, age group triathlete and triathlon fan. The Diary of an Age Grouper podcast is all about content relevant to age groupers. We'll talk to athletes, coaches and experts who walk the walk. On this episode of The Diary of an Age Grouper, we talk to Regan Holyoke. Regan just raced at Ironman Western Australia and stopped the clock in 8 hours and 52 minutes. This meant she won the female age group race overall and was the fifth fastest female on the day. It was of course record time and may even be a world record. We're still awaiting confirmation of this. In any case, I'm sure you'll agree, it's fast. How did she do it? Listen on to find out. We talk about her background, entry into the sport, progression over the past few years, and of course, the details and specifics of her race prep. This is the Diary of an Age Grouper. Regan, welcome to the Diary of an Age Grouper podcast. Thanks for being with us. How are you today?
1: I'm good, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I've been a um, listener from the start, so it's an absolute pleasure to to be on. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, appreciate that, and uh, you are more than welcome. You definitely caught our eye, my eye at bustleton recently where you went sub nine and took the age group record there first female age group across the line as well how have you been since then
1: yeah i've been good um had a couple of weeks downtime um enjoying some life outside of triathlon and training um but starting to slowly get back into the training now ready for our next block and what is the next race uh, next race will be um, Tassie, so Tasmania 70.3, that's in Feb, um, and following that Ironman New Zealand at the start of March.
0: Oh, very good. So you will be busy. I am happy to say I'm not doing either of those races, so you won't be able to show me up. <laughs> um, you mentioned life outside training. What, what does that entail for you? What, what do you? what do you do with yourself when you're not training?
1: Um, so I'm a physiotherapist. Um, so I work primarily in disability. Um, so outside of triathlon, that sort of takes up most of my time. I work full time. Um, so between that and family, yeah, that's, that's what I spend the majority of my time doing.
0: Yep. Typical age grouper. So we're in the right place. So how long have you been in the sport of triathlon?
1: Um, so I did my first triathlon in 2019, so I was quite late to the party. Um, I was introduced to the sport as a teen. I was a, um, quite a high level swimmer, um, and we had a few triathletes in the swim squad. So I was very aware of the sport, but I didn't do my first triathlon until, um, Geelong 70.3 in 2019 was my first race. Um, I went to watch the event the year before I saw a friend do it and I was just so in awe of the vibe and the community and um, just everyone out there having a go. So following that a couple of weeks later, I signed up.
0: And the rest is history, as they say. So how did Geelong 70.3 2019 go to four years ago, nearly five years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I had a ball. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I um, got myself a road bike for Christmas that or the year before that year, Um, went for a couple of rides beforehand, a couple of runs, um, got back in the pool, didn't do any specific training or anything like that. Um, But it was fun. I had a ball. There was just no pressure. I just high-fived and waved my arms around the whole time and um, had a great time. So it wasn't quick, but it um, certainly solidified my love for the sport
0: and for you what's what's not quick
1: oh there's a little I, bit of
0: context I think for, on there?
1: yeah I think from memory I did like a 520 or something like that um I remember actually getting third in my age group which it mustn't have been a very competitive year but um yeah yeah so that was my that was my first time so 520
0: okay very very modest and you say you swam at a high level. What can you explain what you mean by that? Like, how much were you swimming, and maybe some of your PB times and and things like that?
1: Yeah, so I was swimming sort of six to seven days a week. Um, we did sort of up to sixty kilometers a week, so it was pretty pretty intense. Um, from about age thirteen to oh, my early retirement at about seventeen. Um, so my primary focus was um, actually open water, so sort of 5K open water. Um, and I think my best time in that was about an hour, two. Um, so, yeah, and then in the pool I sort of did the, the most challenging events, you know, the 200 fly, the 400 IM, 1500 metre. Um, I sort of always gravitated towards what was the hardest um, event that I could possibly do.
0: Was that, um, I don't find that hard to believe with how successful you've been in the sport, but was that something that you were naturally gravitating towards or was it more of a tactical thing that if you went in those sorts of events that were kind of known to be tough and maybe other people might steer away from you, you would maybe have some more relative success?
1: Um, I I think originally it was just, I was sort of a passion that I gravitated towards those events um, and then probably found that I did have a natural ability for the endurance type um races I've never been a sprinter in any sort of um any sort of sport that I've ever done so yeah I think it was probably a combination of enjoying it and you know being good at it um hence the enjoyment and then yeah yeah perhaps um just that challenge of of what's the hardest what's next kind of thing
0: yeah makes sense so 102 for 5k open water do you happen to know what your your best 100 meter freestyle time is
1: Oh, I don't think I ever broke the minute. So I reckon it was sort of one hundred one, one hundred two, yeah, about there.
0: Uh, there would be many, many people listening that would that would kill for that sort of hundred meter split. And what? And again, for more reference and context, what do you what are you swimming your half Ironman and Ironman? What are your respective paces per hundred meters when you're racing?
1: Um, oh, so about. Oh, probably about 120s now. I'm sort of a shadow of my former swimming self. Um, my um, my 70.3s are generally do in about 25 minutes and my last Ironman was sort of 52 minutes. So, um, yeah, a fair bit slower than I was as a 16-year-old, but I suppose that's the challenge of getting the three sports in.
0: That's right. Well, you can bike and run pretty well as well now, so a bit of a trade-off.
1: Yeah, that's all right.
0: All right, so first 70.3 in five hours, 20 minutes at Geelong, 70.3 in 2019. Can you tell us about when you first sort of, or, or I guess, where to from there? Um, You know, did you do some more 70.3s? When did you decide you wanted to do an Ironman? When was that first Ironman?
1: Yeah, so following Geelong, I signed up pretty quickly to um, Melbourne, 70.3. And that I think it was a challenge event then. Um, so I reckon it was maybe around... March, perhaps? I could be wrong. Yeah,
0: I think for a, it might have been the last year. It was a challenge event. It might have been even April, I think.
1: Yeah, I remember okay. being quite cool. So April, yeah, April sounds about right. So that was um, the same year. Um, so I actually borrowed a time trial bike on, I reckon, the Thursday before. Never ridden it before, but rode it on race day. Um, still didn't know what I was doing. Had absolutely no idea. No idea about fueling or, you know, racing or, or anything like that, but I actually um, raced sort of 55 minutes quicker uh, wow. than I did in Geelong. Um, so I did a 4.24 that day and won the overall age group. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I still had absolutely no idea what I was doing and probably at the time didn't actually comprehend how solid of a performance that was. Um, yeah, so that was a big improvement no real change in training or anything like that. I was still sort of just doing what I felt like doing when I felt like doing it. Um, but, yeah, it was, yeah, 55 minutes quicker. So that was sort of a big step up for me.
0: Yeah, that is a big step up. And, yeah, all right, it's faster course and uh, you're on a TT bike. But, yeah, 50, 55 minutes would be very handy. Um, so, yeah, after that, did you start, you said you didn't really realise sort of how significant that was and how how sort of quick you're going. Um, did did anything change after that that second race?
1: Uh, well, following that, um, COVID hit pretty soon after that. So I don't think I raced again um, until a couple of years later in about oh, 2021. So that was sort of I was just sort of getting going. And then COVID hit, so there was no racing, no real training or anything like that. Um, during COVID, I did, I got myself a, um, an old school wind trainer, um, set my bike up on that. And sort of every morning before work, I just hopped on that for an hour, 90 minutes, and just really taught myself to ride a bike, mainly just to keep sane over the COVID lockdowns. I know in Victoria, we had pretty strict... Um, restrictions. We couldn't go any further than 5Ks from home. Um, I was lucky to still be able to work being in an essential service in healthcare, um, but there were certainly no races on the horizon. So it was just me doing activity for the sake of keeping sane and keeping fit.
0: And what had you done before you found triathlon? What What were you doing to sort of keep, keep fit prior to finding triathlon and you know, doing those first couple of races, having your bike and sending yourself up on that wind trainer?
1: Um, Yeah, so I like I did a bit of running. I was sort of running most days, again, just to whatever I felt like doing from 5 to 10Ks. Um, I was still doing a little bit of swimming. Um, I'd just pop in the pool and sort of plod around for an hour um, and going to the gym and um, going for walks and just doing those general fitness things that non-triathletes
0: do i suppose yeah okay so i was was just trying to get a little bit of an idea of sort of what you were doing to to stay fit and healthy prior and then what the differences are now that you've found the sport of triathlon so you said there was a couple of years there where you know there was no racing it was still not really too much structure other than just sort of learning to ride the bike as you put it so um does that mean you returned to racing in 2021
1: Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I'm trying to think what races I did in 2021, actually during that time. So, um, in 2021, I actually met my current coach. So I sort of decided after COVID and the races kept coming, I started, you know, started, um, coming again, um, that I was going to take it a little bit more seriously and be a little bit more structured in my approach. So I did seek out a coach um so following that obviously my training became much more um structured and purposeful um but I did a couple of races in 2021 I did Geelong 70.3 um and that went quite well I can't remember my time off the top of my head but I do know I won my age group um and I did shepherden 70.3 so the local race when that was still going
0: yep okay so now you're now you're taking it seriously so everyone should be beware um so we've still got a couple of years now from and I'm assuming there's just been a, a steady progression in the training and the approach to training and you know your ability to perform in these races where does the where does your first Ironman come into the picture?
1: Um, so I entered Port Macquarie. Um, I'm just trying to. I feel like I'm getting confused with my years, but I think that was 2022. I entered Port Macquarie Ironman. Um, so I've actually, I'd actually been trying to do an Ironman since pre-COVID. So I think I entered Bustleton. in 2020, and then that got postponed, postponed. So it ended up being Port Macquarie in 2022. Um, So all was going really well for that, but I actually ended up getting a really bad virus like the Tuesday of race week um, and was incredibly sick. So we were sort of tossing up, do we go, do we not? But we got in the car um, and drove up there. I was lying in the back with a pillow and cold and flu medication and just hoping that I'd come good for race day. Um, But it got to race day and I really hadn't really improved that much, but I'm pretty stubborn. So I still started on that start line, Um, but the goals had really changed for that race. It was really just get through that Ironman, get to the end. Um, So I had to really moderate my effort and really just cruise through the swim and the bike. And then I had a bit of a run walk strategy on the run. So it wasn't really a race. It was just a an event. And the goal was just to finish that being so unwell.
0: Yeah, that's um yeah, terrible timing. That's like the the worst nightmare of a of a triathlete have a really good prep and and then race week is when some sort of illness catches up with you. So have you done a you obviously just did Bustleton, which is you know, main going to be the main subject of the day. Have you done any Ironmans between that, um, um, since Port Macquarie in 2022 and Ironman WA
1: in 2023? No, no, I hadn't. They're just the opportunity hadn't arosed. Um I had struggled with injuries sort of over the last sort of 12 months or so. Um, So the goal has always been to get back to an Ironman, but just with interrupted training, injuries, sickness, um, life sort of getting in the way, I actually hadn't had an opportunity to do another Ironman. So Bustleton really felt like my first. Um, So going into that race, we really didn't have any idea or sort of expectations in terms of time or performance. It was really a um, bit of a fact-finding mission, I suppose, just to see, you know, where we are at and um, it sort of, yeah, like I said, it really felt like my first Ironman.
0: Yeah, well, it, uh, I would say it went really well, which we'll get onto in a minute. But was was that a similar goal leading into Port Macquarie or did you have some really performance-orientated goals into Port Macquarie and then they only changed because you, you got the virus?
1: Um, look, not really, again, you know, sort of being a bit of an unknown, um, with the distance, I think, you know, I, I, sort of, I had in the back of my mind, I did have a sort of a 10 hour goal with Port Macquarie, which I didn't quite get there, um, with the illness, but that was sort of a, um, yeah, a, a goal in my head performance wise. I didn't know how that would stack up, um, with, you know, competitors in my age group and age group overall, um, so yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had a time goal in my head, um, but yeah, all that went out the window when I was unwell.
0: Yeah. And then for Busselton, I'm NWA recently, was it similar? Like th- there's always a time goal, whether we verbalize it or not. So I'm assuming it was a time goal and then you'd have to, again, assume that with your performances in 70.3 and sort of seeing, you know, your, your time's and placings there that you you might expect to be near the front of at least your age group is is that fair to say can you tell us a little bit about you know what you were what you were planning for and what you were hoping to execute come race day
1: yeah I definitely had a time goal in mind um for Bustleton. so um sort of in my head I thought maybe nine hours thirty um, was probably a realistic and achievable goal. And looking at the times, I knew that that would sort of put me at the front of the race. Um, and sort of given my performances this year um, over, you know, with, within the age group field, I sort of, yeah, had had a goal of winning um my age group and hopefully age group overall um but obviously again a little bit unknown with the distance so wasn't quite sure how I would perform um but that was in the back of my mind that was sort of the, the things that I wanted to tick off
0: yeah and was 9 30 the goal at the beginning of the preparation or that was something that you know in race week you're thinking right I think I can go 9 30 here
1: Um, no, it was sort of at the beginning. Um, yeah. And look, as my training progressed and actually sort of the numbers were probably better than we thought they were going to be, um, that I was sort of very confident with that. Um, so yeah, yeah. From the beginning, we thought that 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 would be a realistic goal
0: okay good well now let's uh, let's get into the details of training so you obviously had a very good block um, it started with a 930 goal and then you know you' sort of exceeding expectations throughout that training block and then the end result result was a was an 852 on race day. so um, let's go back to you know how long was the specific IM block and then just talk us through you know some of the training stats if, if you know it so you know swim bike run strength, um, mm-hmm. and anything else that you think is relevant. And then off the back of that sort of general statement, um, I might get you to go through, you know, Monday through to through to Sunday as well and give us all the details, give us all the secrets.
1: <laughs> um, okay, great. Um, my Boston build was about six to seven weeks. Um, so I'd actually gone to 70.3 worlds in Finland in August um, and did a bit of travelling after that. And actually, whilst we were away, um, did get a bit of a nasty virus that hung around for a few weeks. So there was probably a good month off of training following that race that wasn't really planned, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, we had about 67 weeks um, with a 70.3 um, race thrown in the middle of it. Um, I mean, we, we didn't do anything outrageous. There was no hero sessions. There was nothing... No secrets, I suppose. Um, It was just a really, really consistent block of training and probably the first block of training that I've ever had um, where I didn't miss sessions because of injury or sickness. Um, So I think, you know, the magic word consistency is um, key with that. Um, So if I go through sort of a a typical week um, for my training or...
0: Yep. Give me one sec. I've got a couple of questions. So how did 70.3 world champs in Finland go firstly?
1: Um, Yeah, good. Good. Again, the lead up to that, I had a pretty nasty hip run injury. So I didn't do any running in the lead up to that. Um, So considering that I was really happy, I got third in my age group. Which was great. Um, I actually had a really bad bike mechanical as well, which cost me a couple of minutes, but um, overall pretty thrilled with that um, with that result, which is wonderful. Third in the uh, world
0: is that sounds pretty good, so congrats.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. There's some pretty um, pretty amazing girls out there, so it was really nice to know that we could could match it with them.
0: Yep, and so six to seven weeks. I think most people would 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 agree that that's quite a short Ironman block. Is that typical for you guys leading into a race? Um, and is that you know help you manage you know the overall load and injuries and life, or you know would you ideally have done that longer? But you mentioned you got sick, so maybe did that did that cut into the Ironman specific block, or is this the way you would have done it anyway?
1: No, I think ideally we'd sort of do an eight to ten week um, block ideally um, but it was just yeah that life and sickness and a bit of travel got in the way
0: okay and then final question which 70.3 did you do was it melbourne at three weeks out or, or a different one
1: no it was melbourne yeah, yeah. melbourne at three weeks out yeah yeah and um,
0: train through that or did you have a, a short taper and freshen up
1: no no pretty well trained through that i mean the, the goal of that one um i mean it's a local race so i couldn't pass off the up the opportunity to race, um, I say local, but it's about three and a half hours from here. But um, yeah, so I just trained through it and used it as a really good um, hit out session because I hadn't raced since Finland.
0: Yep. Okay. So now let's get into the the Monday to Sunday. If you if you've got like a typical weekly structure that you that you work off, if you don't mind, just you know, going through. Monday through to Sunday, swim, bike, run, strength training, um, anything else that you rent, you think is relevant or of note?
1: Yeah. Yep, great. Yeah, so my, my weeks go Monday to Sunday. So I work full-time Monday to Friday. Um, so the goal Monday to Friday is very efficient, purposeful training. Um, so Monday is a bit of a lighter day. I start off with a swim, um, generally sort of aerobic in nature, um, four to five K's, probably. Um, it might be something like 400s or 300s or nothing too intense or fatiguing um, after sort of a long weekend. Um, I also do some strength work that afternoon so that's been something that I've implemented in the past 12 months due to my propensity for injury. Um, and I think that's been really help um, really helpful, not only in managing injuries, but just also being building a bit of a more more, um, robust body, I suppose. Um, So that would be in the afternoon. So I just do sort of heavy, low rep work, three to four exercises, nothing too um, complicated or drastic, um, followed with some sort of activation and mobility work.
0: That's good. Uh, A physio practicing what they preach, which is always good to see.
1: Yes. Yeah, I don't always practice what I preach, but um, we're trying to be a bit more um, diligent with that. Um, And I might also do an open water swim in the lake if time permits, just 30 to 40 minutes. That's also something I've been really trying to implement this year as getting comfy in a wetsuit. Um, Being a swimmer, I don't like wetsuits. Um, So I think it's been really key for me to try and at least once a week get in the wetsuit um, and try and get familiar with the feeling of wearing one so that's been really helpful as well
0: yeah so is that open water swim on top of your pool swim in the morning or is it instead of
1: yeah no it would normally be on top and look it might only be 20 to 30 minutes depending on time um our local tri club doesn't open water swim on a monday night so it's also a good opportunity for me to be a bit social so it's got um two purposes Yeah. um yeah yeah might just do a couple of A couple of kilometers um nothing too intense but yeah more just getting that wetsuit feel
0: yeah and just a quick question here because of your extensive swimming background and your your strong swimming ability i think this is an interesting question do you do you find that your relative paces improve putting the wetsuit on even though you don't like it like if you swam say a 400 you know, at any given effort, say 80% effort, would you expect to be faster in the pool or in the open water?
1: Um, look, I think probably still the wet. So, despite the yeah. fact that it's, yeah, it's not a super comfortable thing for me to wear. I think it is still advantageous for sure.
0: Mm, yeah, I was just find that interesting because, um, yeah, just just to see, like, you don't like it necessarily, but you're still actually swimming, swimming better with it on, um, which is... You know, I know some people struggle to get that crossover from being in the pool and then going into the open water, even though in theory the, the wetsuit should be faster. That's just interesting with someone of, of your swimming background. So, um, yeah, that's Monday. Um, roll us into Tuesday.
1: Um, so Tuesday it's a bike trainer session in the morning, um, normally about 70 to 80 minutes. Um, this is where I do my high-intensity VO2 max sort of stuff. Um which is a real challenge for me. Like I mentioned, I'm sort of good with the long, slower um, endurance stuff. that's that's really my thing. Um, but this has been something we've been trying to work on over the last 12 months is doing some higher intensity um, VO2 max um, sort of interval things. Um, and then following that, I might do a light run, off just 20 to 25 minutes, no intervals or anything just to feel, just to sort of get get that feeling of running off the bike. Um, so all up that sort of about 90 minutes in the morning. Um, then in the afternoon I'll do another swim. Um, so sort of a lower intensity recovery swim, maybe some longer intervals, some drills. Um, normally of about 3.5 to 4 kilometres Um, in the afternoon. Um, Wednesday, I do try and do a longer ride. Um, This is a lot easier in summer when the days are a lot longer. Um, So either, well, either sort of 90 minutes on the turbo if I'm really time poor or sort of two hours on the road. Um, I might do some endurance builds, um, maybe sort of you know, three to four rounds of two to three minutes at sort of zone four into some endurance work um, with some cadence work. So nothing nothing that we haven't heard of before. Um, I'll do a bit of a longer run there as well, sort of 60 minutes. Again, um, just endurance to feel, no pace, um, just trying to keep the heart rate sort of within zone two. um and then I also do a threshold swim on a Wednesday. So that's normally your your hundreds or your two hundreds. Um, you might do 10 by hundreds at threshold or with, you know, five by 200 hundreds at threshold or something along those lines. So a bit of a harder swim there. Um, so that's Wednesday. Um, Thursday, again, we're on the trainer, so um, bike in the morning, but that's more sort of your strength endurance kind of work. Again, something we've implemented over the last 12 months, Um, so it might be three by 10 minutes strength endurance or something along those lines. Um, Again, with a bit of a runoff, no intervals or anything, just 20 to 25 minutes of just, you know, running to feel. Um, And I do a strength um, session in the afternoon as well on a Thursday. Um, And Friday's a bit of a lighter um, day, so Mondays and Fridays are sort of um, mainly swim days, so I'll do um, sort of an aerobic swim, four to five Ks, maybe with some builds and maybe some 25s or 50s for some speed work, Um, and nothing Friday afternoon. So quite a light day on Friday. Um, during an Ironman build, I'll do like a Saturday long ride. Um, that's by far my favourite session of the week. I've really fallen in love with bike riding over the last couple of years. Um, so my coach will prescribe sort of 4.5 to 5 hours. Um, often I um, go a little bit further than that because I like exploring, but generally I'll just take off early in the morning, sort of 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, ride, for, yeah, five to seven hours, um, hopefully get into the hills um, where my partner will meet me and give me my runners and I'll do a bit of a run off the bike. Um, so 30 to 35 minutes, maybe run off the bike. Um, and that's Saturday. So it's quite a big, quite a big session. So it can be seven to eight hours by the time I'm um, sort of finished. But I really enjoy that um, leeway to, to do that, to get on the bike and just ride until I feel like I've done enough. (laughs) Um, And Sunday's that traditional long run. Um, So this is something that I haven't really been able to do because of injury um, before, but with this busso build, um, we actually built up to about a three-hour run. Um, So to start off with... um, You know, it might be sort of, well, three hours to feel, just run, run, keeping the heart rate fairly low, Um, you know, being purposeful with intensity. Um, I did do some runs, sort of my longer three-hour. I did a descending pace run where it's sort of 40 minutes at what we thought might be Ironman pace um, and then 30 and 10 minutes at sort of 70.3 pace and do that twice through. Um, But really the goal with these long runs was just to keep the heart rate controlled um, and sort of run a little bit slower than what we thought marathon pace would be, but I really didn't have any idea what that pace would be because I hadn't done one before. Um, and I might finish off Sunday with a bit of a recovery swim. might be in the open water. We've actually got a creek at the front of our house. It's more like a river that um, I can jump in or maybe in the lake or in the pool just depending on what I felt like doing, just as purely as a recovery. Um, so looking at that sort of totals for the week, it's generally about 20Ks of swimming Um 300 plus k's of riding with my biggest week being about 500 Um, and on a good week about 50 k's of running but that was sort of up and down quite a lot through the year um, with injuries and and things like that and probably about two to three hours of strength work. Um, So in total that's sort of 20 to 22 hours a week I think on training Um, that sort of actual training, but because I do live quite rurally travel to say the pool or, um, group sessions or anything like that sort of adds a fair bit of time onto that.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. That's, um, that was very, a very comprehensive overview. I was sort of trying to work out the total hours, but I, I sort of landed around that 20 to 22 hours, which you mentioned definitely, uh, what I noticed was quite swim heavy, um, which obviously, with your background, you you guys are obviously leaning into that your know, your swimming ability. And it's a good way to drive up volume and overall in um, overall fitness and efficiency. Um, and yeah, obviously, good to see the the strength work in there, which we discussed earlier. Um, so you mentioned your favorite session, which was something I was going to ask you, being that sort of that long day on the Saturday where you sort of go and explore um do you would i be fair and would it be fair for me to say that your least least favorite sessions are the vo2 intervals on the bike
1: yeah you're spot on yeah have you got (laughs) got an example
0: of one of those sessions
1: oh um oh we might do um say it might be like four by or sort of like with one-to-one rest ratio so it might be four by one minute um four by 45 seconds four by 30 and then maybe like a six by ten um second yeah with equal work to rest ratio um that's sort of a bit of a spicy one that i don't like to see on the program
0: (laughs) yeah and is that um are you using erg mode on a smart trainer or are you doing it sort of old school i'm still on that turbo that you bought back in 2020
1: no, I've upgraded to a smart trainer. Um, I don't use erg mode very much at all, particularly for the high-intensity stuff. I might use erg mode if we're doing some strength endurance work, like low-cadence work, um, but I really try and steer clear of it. I just prefer that sort of more real-world feel and sort of generating that that power myself. Um, I actually don't have power on my bike, so... Um, I really rely on feel when I'm racing. So I think for me, it's really important to, to get that feel um, when you're training as well so you know exactly what that, um, what that feels like, that sort of effort level feels like.
0: Yeah, okay. And do you have a, you know, if Regan's going to give us a, a recommendation of a session to try for an age group triathlete, do you, do you have one that kind of stands out? Um, yeah, not mentioning the VO2 or your long ride. Um, something else in there, maybe a swim because that's your background, whatever you want to choose?
1: I, I think traditionally as age groupers, swimming is, is put on the back burner. And, look, I like I obviously love swimming because it is a strength of mine, um, but I think it's so important as well. For me, it's a really great way to build, like you said, build that endurance without the risk of injury. Um and I sort of think, you know, if we're only swimming once or twice a week, you can't really get that feel for the water or that um, that benefit. So um, obviously it's a time-heavy um, sort of activity. You can't just jump out the door and into the pool. But, um, yeah, I think for for the average age group, right, if you could in- increase the swimming to sort of three times a week, and I think a really important one is that sort of long aerobic swim. Um, So the longer intervals, you know, sort of four or five hundreds, even up to, you know, a thousand meters um, repetitions, because I mean, that's really race specific. We're not getting into a race and doing 25 meters and stopping or 50 meters and stopping. We need to be able to swim for 1.9 or or longer. Um, Yeah. So I think it's really important to build that ability to swim long without rest um, and also that confidence to, to know that you can do that.
0: Yep. And how do you how do you feel? How do you use the swim tools? Do you do a lot of what I call naked swimming, no, no tools, or do you, you get the paddles out pool boy out as well?
1: Um I do a little bit of paddles and pool boy, a little bit of snorkel. Um, not a whole lot though. Like there'll certainly be some sessions where I don't use any pool toys. Um there, there seems to be quite a heavy reliance, particularly on the pool boy for triathletes. Um, so yeah, I yeah do a little bit, um, but I want probably eighty percent of my swimming is is yeah with with nothing with no toys.
0: Yeah, interesting. And then that week you kind of um, rolled out for us. There was was that kind of you know rinse and repeat for that six or seven week block into IMNWA?
1: Yeah, pretty well. Um, I think we obviously built on that week by week as in like the the bike ride would maybe get a little bit longer and certainly that long run would increase. We sort of started at 90 minutes, building up to three hours. Um, But pretty well that was, yeah, the structure that we kept with. Um, Being like an average age group or working full time, my, my weeks are pretty um routine anyway so that works with my work and life schedule um so yeah pretty well with the exception if there was sort of uh, you know a race or or, you know something something in the um, mix that was unusual but otherwise yeah that was pretty well a monday to sunday typical week
0: yeah cool and do you ever do any sort of brick sessions or race simulations you mentioned you know, obviously running off the bike Tuesday, Thursday, midweek, and then you usually do sort of a a shakeout run off your long ride, but you do do any sort of race specific brick sessions where you go in, you know, do a bike with some intervals into run into some intervals or you just roll out that week?
1: Um, No, we did do, we did do a couple of um, race specific sessions um, so the timing of those were probably, I did a big one weekend before Melbourne. So that was four weeks out from, um, Busselton. Um, so that was sort of a six hour ride, um, with a real purposeful runoff. So it was about 45, 50 minutes with, I think it was four to five, 1k repeats, um, at race pace, um, and then I don't think we did any after Melbourne because it was getting quite close to the race. So yeah, there was that. That was sort of a real confidence building session. That one four weeks out, um, where I was hitting numbers quite easily, um, like race race pace numbers quite easily. Um, so yeah, and generally after my long Saturday ride, I would do some sort of runoff. Um, It might be 20 minutes or it might be up to sort of 45 minutes. We didn't really do anything longer than that just because I did um, sort of a bike over distance. Um, So I didn't really feel the need to go any further um, than that and risk sort of injury or, or anything like that.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. So we may, what I would like to do now is talk about race day itself and maybe you give us a little bit of a, a summary summary and a race report. Um, but before we start, can you just tell us your swim, bike, run splits? So it was 852 overall, which was first female age grouper, and I think sixth female overall based on time, including the professionals. Um, and that was, was that a course record or is it a world record or an Australian uh, record?
1: I haven't had confirmation. I believe the world record was 8.55 prior to that. So I think it might be a world age group record, but I'm not going to claim that until I get confirmation because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, yes. So I'm not, not quite sure. It was a course record, um, but yeah. Not, no confirmation given on the world record yet, so I won't claim that, Jeremy.
0: Well, the world record, would that would be pretty cool and you'd be our first guest with a world record, I believe. So you got to let us know because then we'll claim it as well. So 852, um, we'll just say that's pretty damn fast. So what were your swim, bike, run splits?
1: Um, so I did a 52 in the swim, uh, 440 on the bike and a 313 run.
0: Uh, very handy indeed. All right. So, do you mind giving us a bit of a step by step through the race?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It feels like a long time ago now, but it was only a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. Time um, flies. You must be having yeah. fun. <laughs> it sure does. Um, so, the swim, um, I was, I'm normally quite passive at the start and let everyone sort of push in front of me, but I was really um, quite. Um, know, convinced that I needed to start at the front. So I started at three or four rows back in the swim, um, which was a really good move for me. Um, so the swim was great. It was a little bit choppier than what I was expecting. I did the practice swim a couple of days before and it was like glass, as you can, you know, and then you go on to race day and the wind's picked up and the chop's picked up. Um, but I actually managed to – or was it two-lap course. So swam the first lap, tried to find some feet but couldn't quite, couldn't quite find anyone that was sort of swimming at my pace. Um, so we did one lap and then we had an Aussie exit up out of the beach, jumped back in and then I managed to jump on some feet um, of a male age grouper and sort of sat, sat on behind him um, and I still felt like he was going at a really good pace. Um, so I managed to conserve a bit of effort um, and, you know, managed to sight quite well. Um, so got out of the swim feeling pretty good um, and looked sort of down at my watch and saw 52 and was quite happy with that. That was sort of where I thought that I could be, um, which was great. Um, jumped out onto the bike um, and I actually saw a couple of the pro girls um, sort of well, one pro girl just in front of me. Um, so I thought that was a really good indication of where I was sitting considering that they started 10 minutes in front um, and got about oh, 40 k's into the bike and got actually a split from my partner, Wade, who called out that I was, I think, about 15 minutes in front um, of the next age grouper, which was quite surprising. Um And the bike course, it was pretty uneventful. It's very flat. It was very windy. Um, I'd never done the course before, but I think traditionally it's a sort of headwind-tailwind situation. Um, But this year it was sort of mainly a crosswind. So, I mean, it was a fast course, but it wasn't easy. There was no opportunity to get out of aero, no opportunity to sort of stretch, change position, and it was just constantly just laying down, same amount of power. Um, so, yeah, it was, despite the fact that it was fast, it certainly wasn't easy. So I wouldn't, wouldn't pick Busso if you're looking for a super, super easy course. Um, so it's a 2 light bike course. Um yeah again pretty uneventful it was pretty lonely out there actually um, I didn't really have any other age groupers around me um, there was one pro girl that was about oh, sort of a hundred meters in front but apart from that there wasn't wasn't much um, wasn't much company out there I actually looked up at one stage and looked around and there was no one around me and I Thought that I might have gone off course, which is pretty impossible because it's sort of a pretty basic course. But um, yeah, I panicked for a little bit and thought, have I taken a wrong turn? Because there was just no one around. Um, Anyway, I got to the end of the bike and I was pretty happy to get off. I was a bit stiff and sore. My back was a bit sore and hips were getting a little bit sore. Um, So out onto the run and I actually got a split from someone in the crowd and they said that I was sort of 30, I think 33, 34 minutes in front which I was quite shocked with because I didn't think that I was riding all that fast. Um, so then sort of the goal was just I knew that if I could just sort of get through the marathon, be smart, pace myself well, then there'd be no issues with sort of taking that overall win. Um, and I actually felt really good coming off the bike onto the run. Um so I went through the first half of the run, I think in a 1.35, um, which was reasonable for me. Um, and I was actually really quite comfortable on the run, probably until about seven or eight kilometres to go when I really started to feel the pinch, my cords started to go on me. Um, but but. Overall, I was actually really, really quite comfortable and really lucky that I could just race my race. There was sort of no pressure. Um, I could pace it perfectly. Um, and I think I went through the last or oh, the second half of the marathon in a 1.38 or something, so I was quite happy with that pacing. Um, I really, my, my um, watch had actually stopped half all sort of at the start of the run, so I didn't really know how fast I was going. Um, so again, I had to run to feel, which is great, you know, that I sort of do practice that in, in training quite a lot. Um, and with about 10 Ks to go, my partner yelled out that if I sort of, you know, keep the the foot down, I could go sub nine, which was quite surprising to me. Um, so I did that. I sort of just kept ticking along, um, to get to the end and was really, really thrilled to, to look up coming down the red carpet and see an 852.
0: Ah, well, that sounds like a really good day overall and uh, interesting listening there. And there was quite a few times where you said you got some feedback or a split and you were quite surprised by it. So it sounds like you sort of raced your own race and, you know, the position you're in allowed you to do that potentially even better and just sort of not have to worry about the other people around you. But yeah, you were able to just stick to your numbers and your numbers um, mean that you can go, go pretty fast. So that's, it sounds like a good day.
1: Yeah, it was a great day. I think it doesn't happen very often. I think you and your listeners would know that it has to. Lots of stars have to align to actually have a, a good day out there on race race day. Um, and I've had, well, not some shockers, but I've, I've had some, you know, issues in races in the past. So it was really nice to to have a race that really goes perfectly to plan. Um, in, in the back of my head, I actually um, sort of went through like the absolute perfect day of what that would look like um, and you know, it pretty much well turned out as to, as to what you know, I dreamed of doing. So, um, yeah, really lucky that I had the opportunity to just race my own race um, and really lucky that, that everything played out um, on the day.
0: Yes, indeed. So you mentioned the bike course at Buzzleton being pretty relentless. Like it's known as being fat, flat and fast, but it is quite relentless for anyone who's sort of done the course. It's just, as you said, it's not many opportunities for reprieve. Um, often it's windy. Um, have you done a lot of work on your bike fit to be able to hold, you know, a really good aerodynamic and strong position? And how has that evolved uh, since that first race on the road bike and then that first race where you borrowed the time trial bike to now is it is something you've spent a lot of time on uh,
1: not not like scientifically i so to speak um i sort of got my bike and just hopped on it and it felt really comfortable and we've sort of just rolled with that that's probably something in the next sort of 12 months that we will look at is dialing in a bike fit um yeah, I really haven't, you know, with the exception of sort of tweaking it myself and making sure that I am comfortable, I really haven't done anything specifically to um, to the bike fit. Um, yeah, it's just something that, like, I, the priority for this race was to be comfortable, so I haven't changed it in the last, you know, sort of 12 months, two years. Um, and, look, our, where I live, it's... Pretty much replicates Bustleton perfectly. Um, it's flat as a tack, it's hot, it's windy. Um, yeah, so our roads, our road surfaces are pretty terrible. So, um, yeah, it, it pretty much replicated Bustleton perfectly. So, I feel like I trained specifically for that event without really purposefully doing so.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, watch this space, it means you can go even faster. That's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. Like I think because I haven't been in the sport that long, really we've just been, you know, sort of the low-hanging fruit. Like we haven't really um, dialed in those one percenters or um, there's, there's, which is really exciting that there's lots of improvements to be made just on those things that we just really haven't had the opportunity to, to perfect yet just because of, you know, the fact that I haven't been in the sport that long. Um, so, yeah, really exciting. There's, I think there's, there's plenty more to give for sure.
0: Yeah, well, I think there's there's something in that. It's a tip in and of itself that, you know, get the basics right and the loaf hanging fruit, as you put it. And then uh, the other things can come on top of that. So that'll be interesting. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, the, I guess, your fueling. Um, because you you obviously paced it very well, we've already discussed. But for you to go through halfway, a uh, half marathon in 135 and then close it out in 138, that indicates to me that you're you're pacing very well. Um, you're obviously very fit, leaning into the event, um, but you've also paced well and managed your effort throughout swim and bike, um, and then the first half of the run. But the other big component there is your nutrition and hydration strategy. So, can you tell us a little bit about that and and how you how you've worked on that, and is that something that you? Um, call one of the fundamentals and the basics and the low-hanging fruit or is it um something that you know you sort of put in that it's actually come quite easy to you
1: no no this is something that's been totally foreign to me so my first a couple of races um that i did so i actually um passed out at Geelong, sort of 600 metres from the finish line and did a real sort of Johnny Brownlee over the finish line, crawled my way there um, purely because I didn't fuel. Um, So it's been something that I've really had to be conscious of and strategic about since then. Um, So I actually sought out a nutritionalist that really specifies, um, sorry, specialises in um, high-level sport. Um, So we did a lot of work around um, dialing in that nutrition, um, plan and also practicing, practicing it in training during those longer sessions. Um, so yeah, it's certainly not something that came naturally to me and not something that I was, um, really knowledgeable about, but certainly something that's been absolutely paramount for performance. Um, and I think if you don't get that fueling right, um, there's, you just, yeah, not doing yourself any any justice in terms of your performance. So, yeah, I would say that was certainly one of the things that I, I really nailed um, on race day and that's just through lots and lots of practice, lots of perfecting um, and just improving my knowledge around it.
0: Yeah, cool. That makes sense. Um, now I think it would be remiss of me not to ask if you maybe have some top tips for age groupers considering that you are performing at a very high le- level compared to, well, their overall field, but definitely the age group field. But So is there anything when I ask that question that stands out for you um, that you could give to me and the listeners?
1: Oh, I don't know whether I'm qualified to give top tips. Um, <laughs> I think oh, for me, the enjoyment of the sport is the most important thing. So as age groupers, we do it purely It's a hobby. It is, you know, purely for the love of the sport. So I think it's really important to remember that and remember why we're doing it. Um, So, yeah, I I think for me making sure that your training and your racing and um, just your routine in general, um, you know, brings you joy and happiness and fulfils your life rather than, um, I suppose, takes away from it. Um, so we, you know, I mean, it's easy to say have some balance in your life and it's really hard to have balance when you're, you know, doing sort of endurance sport to this, this level. But yeah, I think it's really important to remember why you're, why, why you're doing that sport, um, and, and what it brings to you rather than getting too serious about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. They're good tips. I think. Uh, making sure you're enjoying it and and it sort of fits in and integrates into your life. Um, and a big part of that is, you know, why and what what's the purpose behind it. So it might start as a health and fitness and self exploration like it did with you. And then, you know, it might, um, evolve to become sort of more performance orientated and, and getting joy out of that side of the sport. But, um, regardless of the level, I think there's some good tips. So I already asked like what races are next, but, um, you know, have you got any intentions on racing in the in the pro field and stepping it up, or and and if so, like when when will that be? Um, or are you you know going to continue to stick along in the age group field and terrorize male males and females alike?
1: Um, no, I've actually just applied for my um, pro license, so the intention is to race in the pro field next year, um, which is super exciting to me. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I'm sort of always looking for the next thing, the next challenge, um, and that seems like the right um, thing for me to do at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully my first professional race will be uh, 70.3 Tasmania next year.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Um, well, that mindset of looking for the next thing, and the next challenge obviously serves you well, and I uh, I don't think it's a far stretch for for me to say that that's probably why you have succeeded the way you have. So congrats on that. Um, we'll be watching with interest. And, uh, we, well, we won't be able to have you on anymore because you're not an age grouper. So this will be the first and last time.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, uh. no, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I've got absolutely nothing to lose. And, um, yeah, yeah, super thrilled for the for the next challenge.
0: I'm joking, of course, but, um, no, that will be fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, we'll, we'll be watching uh, with interest. Um now, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or anything that you think is relevant you know um, or or interesting, something about your journey or that that build or that race? Um
1: I don't think so. I think I think for me, it's like there's there's um, you know nothing fancy with what I do. I live in a really small community. We don't have any um amenities. Um, no infrastructure, no high performance programs, no groups or training or anything like that, that, um, sort of has fostered my growth in the sport. It's just really been about, you know, working really well with my coach, Sarah Malkerns from Complete Performance Coaching, um, you know, working diligently, being consistent. Um, yeah, there's no rocket science. There's been nothing fancy. Um, it's just about yeah, being consistent, doing the hard work um, and really loving what I do. So I think certainly the last couple of years, there's been um, a lot of different, I don't know, training methods and a lot of science and a lot of focus on um, these sort of 1% things that we can get a bit fixated on. But yeah, I just think if you can do the basics right, um, certainly, you know, at the level that I've got to as an age grouper um then the performance will come so yeah
0: yeah well again I think that's a very good message for everyone and as you know from listening you know one thing that's has been common speaking to the guests is you know keeping it simple doing the hard work and being consistent and um obviously you have done all of those things so yeah, I might take this opportunity to say congrats and well done again and also thank you for coming on and speaking to me and sharing your story um yeah very much appreciate it and enjoyed uh getting to know you a little bit more
1: thanks so much jamie it's been great to talk to you and um yeah really enjoying what you're doing in this age group space i think it's really nice to give um age group as a platform to to share their story so thanks for having me on
0: You're welcome. And and thanks for the kind words. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Age Grouper podcast. If you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future guests, please contact us via the Diary of an Age Grouper Instagram page. Alternatively, you can email info at jetcoaching.com.au. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. This podcast was born to discuss all things age group triathlon. As an athlete, coach, and fan of the sport, I've always been intrigued with different approaches to training and how to optimize an individual's performance. We will speak to athletes who perform at a high level, as well as those with an interesting story. We will speak to coaches with a vast array of experience and also experts in various fields. We want to sift through what the physiology labs tell us, as well as what we see the pros doing and take the lessons that apply to us. This is The Diary of an Age Grouper.